Sefer B'midbar, Parshat Korach, on the activist's urge toward revolution. In the beginning of Parshat Korach, we witness one of the more infamous incidents of the Hebrew Bible when we read, Now Korach, son of Itzar, son of Kohath, son of Levi, betook himself, along with Datan and Aviram, sons of Eliab, and son of Peleth, descendants of Ruvain, to rise up against Moshe. Together with 250 Israelites, chieftains of the community, chosen in the assembly, men of repute. They combined against Moshe and Aaron and said to them, You have gone too far, for all the community are holy, all of them, and the Lord is in their midst. Why then do you raise yourselves above the Lord's congregation? The Parsha goes on to show us that this rebellion against the leadership of Moshe and Aaron ends badly. The Torah teaches, The ground under them burst asunder, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, all Korach's people and all their possessions. So what specifically went wrong here? The early Hasidic master, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, identified the first problem in our Parsha as Korach's selfishness. He writes in the Kedushat Levi, when the opening words in our portion, Korach took, meaning he took credit, this phrase, V'yikach Korach, means that he was concerned with being the only one to receive credit for his actions. Further, he explained that Korach was jealous of the role of the priests, and by refusing to live out his own purpose in the world, he was going against the will of God. Rav Levi Yitzchak explained, Korach had considered his status as a Levi as a demotion. He had not understood that the priest symbolized the attribute of loving-kindness, chesed, whereas the Levite symbolized the attribute of justice, din. If both the Levites and the priests had symbolized loving-kindness, there would have been no room in the world for the attribute of justice. God's universe can function only when both these attributes perform their respective functions. This reading by Caduceus Levi illuminates the fact that even though Korach's rebellion was against Moshe, his status as a Levite, but not a priest, was no different from Moshe's. However, Korach was the one to let his envy overtake him. Such a feeling that the leaders of our communities, workplaces, and governments are incompetent, and we'd be better off if we were the ones in charge, is understandable especially as we live in a time without the divinely appointed leadership of Moshe and Aaron. And still we learn from the Torah that uprisings must be done extremely carefully and for entirely righteous purposes. Think back to the Exodus. God does not ask the Israelites to take up arms. You could imagine a more contentious, war-based Exodus story occurring. But instead, we learn that the Israelites baked their unleavened bread and got out, allowing God to do almost all the work. But a problem with no longer living in Torah times is we don't usually get such clear instructions from God. A revolt on any scale today can be righteous, or it can be a misplaced grab for power. The decision of whether to support the established institutions or try to tear everything down requires wise judgments. As activists, amid our frustrations and deep desire for justice, we might want to ask ourselves, 
Are we using the most careful and generative words for the current situation? Is a revolution of sorts really the only viable path toward justice? What's more important in this moment, a total replacement of the status quo or the stability that comes with authority, tradition, and expertise? What have been the outcomes of similar revolts throughout history? Revolution is often an exciting and popular thing to call for, but we must understand that in the wrong hands and with the wrong motivations, it can be dangerous. The overthrowing of order is a risk that rarely needs to be taken. Imagine if God had allowed Korach to take over with his self-glorifying motives. Would the Israelites have ever left the desert? Would we have anything like the Judaism that guides us today without the leadership of Moshe and Aaron? Some want the social capital of holding an identity of being a more radical rebel. Anyone who follows my work will know I care deeply about activism and social change. In my experience, though, activism that frames itself in terms of radical revolution rarely succeeds. Instead, it's the work of making lots of judgment calls about how much we can push for over here and what gains can be made over there. As human beings, we don't repair the entire world in one day. But what we do with all of the entirely righteous anger we experience in seeing all the unnecessary harm, pain, and suffering in the world? It's a hard question. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov suggested that the answer to the urge towards rebellion is not to stamp such feelings out, but to bring the bad urge into unity with the good urge. To demonstrate this, Rabbi Nachman used the illustration of clapping one's hands. He said, clapping hands also eliminates strife. For all strife emanates from the aspect of Korach against Aaron, they being the aspect of left and right. Thus, by clapping, the left is encompassed within the right, and the right is encompassed within the left, becoming one. When we read Parshat Korach, we usually frame it as evil rising up against the good. A more realistic reading for our time, though, might be to see Korach's rebellion as a good urge gone awry and an urge that with the right intention can be brought into alignment with the holy. Shabbat Shalom.